Welcome to Stonebridge Online. Just before we start the service, here are some announcements and things to know. During this time of worshiping online, it's important to continue contributing to the ongoing ministry of Stonebridge. Here are the ways in which you can give. You can give online through our website at stonebridgecme.com. Click on online giving. You can give through your bank's bill pay option, or you can give by mail. If you'd like business reply offering envelopes sent to you, please contact the church office. On Sunday, November 22nd at 2 p.m., we will have a special installation service for Pastor John Sauer. This service completes the call process and formally establishes the relationship between Stonebridge, the Santa Barbara Presbytery, and Pastor John. Registration is required. With the Deacon Angel Tree, we have an opportunity to help families in our community who may be in need this Christmas season. During the month of November, we will collect gift cards in any amount for grocery stores, Target, Walmart, restaurants, or food delivery services. Purchased gift cards can be dropped off at any worship service on campus, mailed or dropped off at the church office. Please turn in gift cards by December 1st. Thank you for your generosity. Bring your blanket and your face mask and join others for our indoor worship watch parties every Saturday night at 5.30. Worship watch parties meet at 25% capacity in the worship center. Registration is required. Our next outdoor worship service will take place on Sunday, November 22nd at 10.30 a.m., weather permitting. Registration is required. The Community Christmas Shop will take place at Simi Covenant Church on Saturday, December 12th. Due to the pandemic, the Christmas Shop will be a drive through event. There are many ways to volunteer, including toy donation, hosting toy collection, and serving on the day of the event. Sign-ups are required. For those events that require registration or for any details you might have missed, please check your newsletter or visit our website. And lastly, we would love to know that you're participating in worship. Continue to share your news, prayers, and praises by emailing prayers at stonebridgecme.com. Or if you're following along a new version, please take the time to fill out the e-connection card. You are an important part of Stonebridge's community of faith. Once again, welcome to worship. Welcome to Stonebridge's online worship. I'm Associate Pastor Jonathan Lucia. Nearly 2,000 years ago, Jesus invited a diverse group of people to experience the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God was in the process of coming to earth. Today, believers wait for the kingdom of God to fully arrive, and as a reflection of God's kingdom, believers are called to be united. This week in worship, we have a special guest speaker, Pastor Tom Steffen, who's going to lead us through the first verses of Matthew chapter 5 and explore the characteristics of God's kingdom that provide the power to heal the world's division through us. Additionally, in this week's worship, you'll get to hear from Stonebridge's youth and family director, Olivia Moseri will be sharing some of her faith journey and how it's led her to ministry with youth right here in our church. Again, welcome to worship.
Church, uh, welcome to Sunday morning. Uh, my name is Tom Stephan. I'm the pastor at Monte Vista Presbyterian Church, and I'm the moderator of the Santa Barbara Presbytery, and I'm super stoked to be here as you guys are getting ready to receive your new pastor. But before we jump into the Word, let's have a word of prayer. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you are with us right now, and God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you will be with us as we encounter your Word. God, if there's anything in my head, anything in my brain that's going to separate me from you right now, Lord, please just take the trash out, that I might be fully aligned with what you have for us this morning. And that's true for all of us, God. If there's anything that's getting in the way of our listening or us engaging in your word, Lord, take the trash out so that we might be fully ready to hear what you have for us. So, Lord, this is yours, and we're here for you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we live in a divided country. I don't know about you, but it's been really interesting to sit and to watch the news and to think, man, 70 million people voted here, 70 million people voted there, and it's just like this great divide that we have, and everyone's telling us we're divided, but we don't have to see it on the news because we know it in our families. Like, we see our families are divided. Like, people are having a hard time talking to one another, even as we get ready for Thanksgiving. Like, people are like, I don't want to ask, talk, talk to Uncle Bob because he's this way. And man, it's, it's weird. It's hard. But it's not only our families that are divided, or even our country, but even our church. Like, it's hard sometimes for us to have dialogue because we're afraid to say the wrong thing. And what I love about the person of Jesus and what I love about how he speaks to his followers is he calls us not to just only pay attention to this world, but to pay attention to the kingdom of God. And what God has for us as those who are in this world, but not of this world. And so this morning, we're going to look at what he did, what he said at his inaugural address when he was bringing about the kingdom. In Matthew, it talks about how Jesus began to preach and he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is at hand. And so when Jesus came, he brought about the kingdom in a whole new way. Something different was happening. And you could tell by how he called his disciples. It was fascinating. You might remember that Jesus called one disciple who was Simon the Zealot. Do you know what a zealot was? A zealot was someone who was like wanting to take down the Roman government, like take down the tyranny, wanted to take them down. And that same group he called a tax collector whose name was Levi that we'll eventually call Matthew. And the tax collectors, they lived a very progressive life, but even more than that, they supported the Roman government. And this is what's distinctively different about Jesus. He took those two polar opposites, how they saw things politically, and called them both to be disciples. And do you know what happened to both of them? They died for Jesus. But it took some time for them to come together. And so what Jesus does when he brings them together is he speaks a word to each of them about what it is to live out the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God on this earth. It happens in Matthew chapter 5. Let me read the opening couple verses. It says this. Now when he saw the crowds, that's Jesus. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. 
His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, So Jesus is speaking to all of his disciples. He's talking to a crowd. He gets tired of the crowd, apparently, and he goes up on this mountainside. It's a beautiful spot on the Sea of Galilee. He goes up on this mountainside, and he begins to teach his disciples. And he wants to talk to people like Simon the Zealot and Levi the tax collector. And this is the first thing that he says. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I mean, the first thing he says, he's talking about a kingdom. He doesn't talk about power. He doesn't talk about all these things you might think about a kingdom. He says, you've got to be poor in spirit, and you'll be blessed. Oh, the word blessed, um, it's more than just happy. It's a sense of God's purpose and delight in us. Max Lucado actually calls it a sacred delight. So he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. You'll have a sacred delight if you're poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. To be poor in spirit is to be empty. It's to have a lot of room for God. In fact, Eugene Peterson, in his translation of the scriptures, he says it this way, you are blessed when you're at the end of your rope, because with less of you, there is more room for God and his rule. Isn't that cool? Like, like when we're empty, God fills us, and that's what it means to be poor in spirit. Have you ever had a time where you were just absolutely empty, and God came and met you in that emptiness? A couple of years ago, um, my mom was coming to the end of a long struggle with dementia. We went through the whole thing, from discovering she had dementia to eventually she died. Um, and there was one point when I went to visit her, I was a primary caregiver, and I would go see her. She could still walk at this point. She had no idea who I was. She knew I was someone who loved her, but that was about it. So we would walk together. I'd hold her in my arms. We would walk, and, and I was bummed, man. I was just at the end of my rope. It was one of those moments where I just couldn't understand dementia. I was frustrated. I was hurt, whatever. All that stuff was going on. And my mom turned and grabbed my hand. I looked her in the eyes, and suddenly everything changed because I saw her, and I thought, oh, wait, there you are. And I like, I literally, I felt like I literally saw Jesus. It was like from Matthew 25, where Jesus says, I am there with the least of these. I felt like I was living that verse out. And it's, it all made sense. Like God's presence was with me. And I saw my mom in a whole new way. I didn't see her as a woman with dementia, but I saw her as a broken, hurting person in which Jesus was with her and carrying her. So that when she died, I knew that her quality of life increased because this quality of life had decreased. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's the kingdom principle. Second thing Jesus says is this, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now, he is talking about the mourning that happens when we lose someone we love, for sure. Like God's kingdom steps in, we find comfort, and God's spirit speaks to us in that. That's absolutely true. But in this particular time, when he's talking to his disciples, he's not simply talking to those who lose someone they love. He's talking about the mourning that happens when we see a broken world. Because in the kingdom, there is a sense where we know how things could or should be according to God. And when it's not happening that way, our heart breaks. As an example, when you see kids who are abandoned, our heart breaks. When you see people who lose loved ones, um, like let's just say someone who's been married for a while and they lose their spouse in 50 years, our heart breaks. But notice what he says here. He said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. What does that look like in the kingdom? 
This is what I find absolutely fascinating about the kingdom, is when God says something hard in our lives, we're mourning, say we're mourning for, for children who don't have families. This is what God says. Adopt. Like you get to be part of the solution to the mourning. And that brings us comfort. I mean, when you see someone who's lost a spouse, what does God say? Take care of the widows. And we get to be part of the solution. So blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Because what happens with that is God uses us to bless others. And for you, Stonebridge community, I am super stoked for you. You know why? Because you have a pastor who is coming, whose name is John. And this dude has a heart for those who are mourning. We were at Presbytery uh, this past week, and what we saw in him, he said, what do, you, what do you love about ministry? And he goes, man, I've had a lot of loss in my life, and I feel called to bring comfort to others, just as God gave him comfort. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And then Jesus says this, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What does it mean to be meek? Meek has to do with humility. Meek has to do with being submitted to someone greater than yourself. Um, maybe you've heard this before. They talk about how meek is like a war horse who is fully strong, and yet they're obedient to the master. Meek has to do with that. Um, I heard this meme this week that says, if you think meek is weak, try being meek for a week. Like, it's really hard to stay meek because you got to have strength in that. And Jesus says that's a characteristic of the kingdom. And Stonebridge, I just got to let you know, someone that I have seen as meek, who is like this really strong person who has lots of ideas and yet is willing to let others lead, is your pastor for so many years, Jeff Cheadle. Jeff had such a big impression on me as a pastor because he had this ability to say, man, let your leaders lead, he engaged people, and yet you knew, if you know him, you know, that boy, man, he's creative, he's thoughtful, he's always thinking. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. That's one of the characteristics of the kingdom. Jesus goes on to says this. So he's talked about poor in spirit, talked about mourning, talked about meek. And then this next one, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And that's when some of us go, finally, man, we got to be poor in spirit. We got to mourn. We got to meek. And then Jesus goes, man, you want to be hungry? Be hungry for righteousness. And that appeals to us in the kingdom because we like, we want righteousness in our lives. We want righteousness on the earth. And when you hunger and thirst for it, you will be satisfied. And we want to see the righteousness, the justice of God happen on earth. Well, for me, whenever I think about hunger and thirsting, I, thirsting, that's funny. Whenever I think about hunger and being thirsty, um, I think about my dog, Wilbur. Wilbur, the, the, he's a golden retriever, 105 pounds. The boy is always hungry. On Sunday mornings, when I get up, to, I always get up about 5 a.m. and I get ready, pray, and all that stuff that we do. And I sit at the table. Wilbur is always there watching me eat my breakfast. It's usually shredded meats, frosted shredded meats, and a coffee. And every time I take one of those bites, Wilbur's like, he's hungry. And he's longing for that food. And I look at him, and I think, man... Wouldn't it be great to have that type of hunger towards righteousness? That's exactly what Wilbur reminds me of, and that's what Jesus is saying. It's interesting, too. One of the guys who I see is hungering for righteousness, he's a man named Marcos. 
Marcos lives in uh, Ensenada, well, outside of Ensenada in a place called Porvenir. And this guy, um, man, he, he's willing to wear a mask because he wants people to see it, although he's not like a mask wearer kind of person. He's like, I don't care. Whatever, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes for people to see the kingdom, I want people to see the kingdom. Um, there's one picture, he's got a lemur on his shoulders because he wants students to see it. He just creates stuff because he wants people to know who Jesus is. Do you know someone like that? They are just hungering and thirsting for righteousness. That's part of the characteristics of the kingdom. And what's interesting is Jesus says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. And then immediately after that, he says this, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy which I find fascinating because some of us, when we're hungering for righteousness, we lose our mercy. Like we're so focused on trying to be righteous, we forget that we're actually caring for people. So Jesus tempers it. He says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Practice compassion. Have a heart for others. Um, again, Stonebridge community, you guys are doing a deacon angel tree coming up. That's mercy right there. That's, that's mercy, like getting gift cards from Walmart, Target, wherever you get them, in order to provide for those who are in need in your community. That's what Jesus is talking about. It's literally reaching out with mercy to others. Okay, so blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will receive the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And then Jesus says this. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And at that point, I shut down. Because I'm like, dang it. I know my heart isn't pure. Like, I, I, I'm living in these other ones, but if, it have, if I have to have a pure heart, man, I may never see God. I mean, because I don't know about you, but I know what's impure in my mind. I got to pray every time before I preach, take the trash out, because I know there's an impurity in me. So what is he talking about? And then I remember what Jesus did about three years after he preached a sermon. He went to a cross. He rose again so that we might have pure hearts. And he died for our sins. And like when we attach ourselves, when we receive what God has for us, our hearts do become pure. Like literally, you can have a pure heart as you confess your sin. God cleanses you. And when you have a pure heart, you see God. And often that points us directly at who Jesus is. Some Bible commentators describe this purity of heart as a soul devotion towards God. In other words, you just put God first. That's how I think about it. Put God first. Just put God first. Whatever you're doing, put God first. I don't know if you ever met someone who does that all the time. Like if they totally blow something and they're, they fell into some type of sin, what do they do if they have a pure heart? Put God first. They just go right to God. God, this is me. They go to confess to a friend. They, they do what they need to do to have that reconciliation because that's what we've been given, a ministry of reconciliation. Put God first. Blessed are those who are pure of heart for they will see God. And then Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called the children of God. Like Jesus is leading us down this path and we start with a broken spirit, a poor in spirit, and he goes, blessed are the peacemakers because Jesus has this longing to see a divided family, a divided community, a divided country 
experience shalom or peace. I think that's why he called Simon the Zealot and Levi the tax collector, because he knew there was a possibility of bringing people together. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. When you think about this last couple of months, have you been more of a peace breaker or a peacemaker? When you think about God's work in your life, do you see God bringing you peace as you bring peace to others? And the New Testament says that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, to bring reconciliation to God and to one another. That's what Jesus is calling us to do in this time. We have been given a very cool calling, and that's to be people who speak into a country, a community, a family that is divided, so that there might be shalom and peace. So his last beatitude, the last characteristic of the kingdom is this. Blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness sake, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, when you start living this stuff out, not everyone's going to agree. In fact, some people are going to violently disagree. When you start living out peacemaking and poor in spirit, practicing mercy, advocating for righteousness, when you start being those folks who are pure of heart, always putting God first, there's going to be some people who are going to get frustrated with that, and they're going to be angry about it. But that's okay. You know why? Same thing happened to Jesus. Actually, same thing happened to the prophets in the Old Testament. Because when we take on what sometimes is suffering for the sake of Christ, people begin to see the God who exists. Because people in the world, when they look at the church and they see a church that focuses on God even in hard times, they know somehow that's what's right. And they long for what is true about what God offers us. And that's the ability to find joy, love, and peace, even in the most difficult times, even when you're being persecuted. Because why? Well, we love our enemies. And we pray for those who persecute us. So we'll end where we began. When Jesus began to teach, he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, turn around and focus on God's kingdom. So Stonebridge community, thank you for letting me be with you today. Wherever you are right now, wherever you're listening, know that God's Holy Spirit is not just with you, but wants to be in you and wants to use you in a powerful way to reach your community for the kingdom of God. So what I thought we might do as we end is pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. And in that prayer, we're going to say, you know, good things happen on earth as they are in heaven. And that's how we're going to pray this day. So if you'll join me, let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Essentially, I did not become a Christian. I was not really raised in a Christian home. I didn't become a Christian until I was almost 16 years old. So, you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, 
flexible and adaptable with with what the with what the students kind of can bring to the table you know the, the questions and I'm like yeah I, I had that question too like let's talk about it um because I wasn't really raised in that environment I feel like I didn't know how to to be in it um so what what ended up happening after I after I became a Christian was I just started volunteering right away um, I started helping out with the younger students. I started leading worship for the youth group. I volunteered in the choir. I did all, you know, all kinds of things to be a part of the system and to help other people have an experience like I had had at my conversion, which was like that. I was very much opposed to religion in general as a rule. And then I, but I was, I've always been a helper. Like I, I like to, to be a part of a healing kind of system and, and being a part of making the world better. And I went on this mission trip because I was like, ah, yes, Hurricane Katrina was a disaster and people need assistance and all that. So I went and I thought this was kind of, at, at the time I was a little concerned about this. On the packing list, it said to bring a Bible. And I distinctly remember saying, they're going to try to indoctrinate me. And they did. So... <laughs> I think the the miracle of God, right, is just like he meets us where we're at and finding ways to do that with students is really a passion of mine and, and being able to be a person who can kind of help them navigate those waters as they say, like, okay, like I'm, I'm aiming in the direction of God, but like, how do I get there? There's so much in the way. The world itself is in the way of us kind of meeting Jesus and meeting God and like, building those relationships in healthy and sustainable ways so my experience of just like a, a very rapidly coming to know Jesus and feeling very compelled to be a part of what Jesus was offering yeah it, it really transformed me I think because I think all teenagers have a hard time right like like that, that is a uni that's like a universal law of teenagedom is just like it's gonna be hard and you know, the intensity of it, just the, the, the wild like twists and turns of it, like it's, it's just hard. And I think for me, what was hard was I, I actually struggled a lot with my mental health. And for me to feel like, okay, religion is a crutch for the weak meant that I didn't have a lot of like outlets to really find comfort in. And so when I did encounter Jesus on that mission trip and like, the, the light of God and whatever, however you want to describe, you know, the sudden influx of spirit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess like it taught me that like, I don't have to be alone in my journey and that we like, and, and you know what? Religion is kind of a crutch because we aren't meant to do things alone. We aren't, we aren't supposed to, it's not what God wants for us. Like there's supposed to be community and support for anything that we might go through in this life. And I think, that I'm hopeful that I can foster a space where students feel comfortable acknowledging what they're going through and kind of accepting like they, they don't have to do it alone. That kind of led me into both psychology and then secondarily theology actually because theology for me is a form of worship and psychology is a form of ministry. I'm not the one who's healing people. I'm not the one who's transforming people. That is the work of Christ. It's very humbling and it's also very hopeful, I think, 
for everybody because it's not like, oh, I alone have to figure this out and like make this right for somebody else. It's in time, God's work will be done.
mountain you won't climb up coming after me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me Stonebridge Church, thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you. And as we leave, I want to give you this final blessing. And the blessing are simply the words of Jesus. I don't know who blesses better than him. So as you listen to these words, take one. You don't take all eight of them, but take one that matters to you this week and begin to apply it to your life because God's going to use you. Okay, so here's the eight. Grab one of them as your final blessing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called the children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.